here. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Tonight, it's a decisive Game 5 for the Iowa Wild as they're in Milwaukee to face the Admiral. Iowa fell 5-4 in overtime on Friday. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Hear the game right here on 1460 KXNO. The Iowa Cubs with a doubleheader yesterday. Game 2, they put a 15 spot up on the board as they run past Nashville 19. The I-Cubs homestand continues tonight, 6-38 first pitch against San Antonio. The NFL draft continued over the weekend. David Montgomery from Iowa State goes to the Chicago Bears in the third round, while Hakeem Butler was the top choice in the fourth round at Arizona. Undrafted free agent deals for Matt Eaton with Green Bay, Brian Peavy to rookie camp with Arizona, and Willie Harvey will get tryouts with Jacksonville and Cleveland. The Iowa Hawkeyes with two fourth-round selections. Anthony Nelson goes to the Buccaneers. Lamari Hooker goes to Tennessee. Undrafted free agents for the Hawkeyes. Keegan Render to Philadelphia. Nick Easley with the Buffalo Bills. Ross Reynolds of Waukee signs with the 49ers. Parker Hesse gets tryouts with Kansas City and Detroit. Sam Brinks in Green Bay. And Matt Nelson signs with Detroit. To Major League Baseball, the Cubs, it took 15 innings, but they get past the Diamondbacks. That'll get it done. Chadwood in. Almora around third. Relay to the plate. Not in time. Two-run triple. The call from the Cubs television network. An off day today before they travel to Seattle on Tuesday night. In Minnesota, the Twins finish off the Orioles in a three-game sweep. First pitch. Hammered to right center field. Gone! The call from Fox Sports North. The Twins welcome in Houston for a four-game series. Yesterday, the Cardinals get the series win against Cincinnati. Two outs all loaded up for Molina. First pitch. Up the middle. Base hit. Two runs will score. Yachty comes through with the bases loaded and two outs here at the bottom of the eighth. The call from Fox Sports Midwest. Next up for the Cardinals, a road trip to Washington for four before Wrigley Field and three over the weekend. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Joe O'Donnell in about 10 minutes, 12 minutes or so. Preview game five tonight. Must win. Lose seasons over. Win on to round two of the Calder Cup playoffs. Trent, I want to ask you about... um, a gambling piece uh, related to Iowa here mm-hmm. uh, that came up over the weekend that I saw, and I wanted to get your take on. So we'll do that in a second. But uh, just just real quick on the Cubs, uh, Chris Bryant went to Arizona off to a really bad start. Yes, hit home runs in two out of the three games. You know, Chris Bryant type numbers, right? If your team is going to you know be there in the end, mm-hmm. and that wasn't the case early, they moved him to the outfield as Cappy suggested when he joined us on Friday, and I'm not sure that's a permanent move, but uh, so far so good. A couple of long fly balls, and Albert Almora, who is as gifted as anybody in center field, really struggling at the plate. He had a good weekend, so maybe a couple of guys, important pieces, are starting to come around. Yeah, Almora certainly seems to be that guy. He was toiling down, hitting 170 for a while, mm-hmm. and that's bounced back. And you look a little deeper at Bryant's numbers. The batting average still isn't great. He's batting, what, 230, something like that. Right. But he's getting on base at a good clip. He's over 350 in on-base percentage. His OPS is approaching 800 now. So it does feel like, you know, I asked Cap last week, 
sit him down for a couple of days, mm-hmm. reset the head, and he said, no, he's the kind of guy you just keep throwing out there. So good to see. They they need him. Oh, man. Th- this is ever... never going to be a team. Yeah, bullpen's been better it, than we ha- thought. Yeah. Right? But it's April. It's April. I mean, you know, the, the, what what are these arms going to be like if, if indeed, you know, Morrow can't come back? Although Mon- Montgomery was here yesterday, and he had a couple of really good – I was following – I follow Birchie on Twitter, and he yeah. was tweeting his uh, – um, as, as the game was progressing. And for, I think he had one – not bad inning, but they got to him in one inning. So so we'll see. But the bullpen has been good so far. So let, let's move on for a couple of minutes here. There's a, a new gambling company. I believe they're Australian. They're called Point Bets. And the reason I bring it up is they're not going to be doing business at Prairie, that's nope. that's William Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, that our friends at Wild Rose have made it official as to their risk um, management company is going to be, who the gambling company that they're going to bring into the state. Have you seen it official? I have not. I have not seen anything officially. I, right. I've talked to a few people. You know, we both know it's going to be, but I'm going to let them make the yes, announcement. Yes. Um, but Catfish Bend is in Burlington. Mm-hmm. It's a long way to go from here. But look, all 19 of the casinos are hoping... That, um, you know, if you're in the area, you will go to the trouble of stopping in and signing up for, for a sports account. It makes sense to do that because you're going to be able to shop for better prices if you bet. If you're so inclined to bet on sports and want to do so via your mobile device. Right. You know, get get a couple of them. Doesn't cost you anything. You're not yep. prevented from doing that. But the company that's coming in is a company called Points Point Bets. I know they're in New Jersey. What do you know about them? They do some things different, right? That some of the others don't. They do. They uh, are, like you said, a company from outside of the U.S. And, and because of that, different ideas, different places that have had sports wagering legalized for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And Australia is one of those places. So one of the biggest things that they're known for is a their app. Their app is something that is built in house. It's not some third party that builds an app for a lot of the casinos that you a saw lot in of Vegas. Them, yep. And a lot of them that'll be happening here. Stadium Tech is the company that builds a lot. Yes. Of them. This is a place that I've heard nothing but good things about their software and what they've done, but it is in house. And I'm sure with it, you know, you have more flexibility when you kind of do it as opposed to, can you do this for us? As opposed to going to your guy and you go down to Steve in the corner office, we need you to do this. Yeah. A little bit different there. But. What they're most known for is their in-wager prop bets that mm-hmm. they put out, a lot of different things. But another thing, and something that's incredibly intriguing to me... Which, by the way, won't be you won't be able to participate using Iowa or Iowa State players. Right. At least in the beginning. But everything else, you yeah, will Yeah, you're going to be able to bet on those yep. games. You just can't bet in-game. Yes. Or and, props, Stanley versus Brock Purdy type of thing on the Cyhawk But you will be able to do in-game wagering on other sports. Right. Just not the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones. Right. But... That they, was one of the carve-outs. I, I've been a fan, and this goes back a few years, of extended point spreads where, in fact, I did that with Golden State in Game 6 against the Clippers. They were favored by 10. I put it up to 12.5. And, mm-hmm. and instead of laying the minus 110, I think it was plus 125. And I walked away with a smile on my face after they covered. Well, this, they give you bonus points or bonus money if you pick whatever game it may be. And a team's favored by three and a half, and okay, they win do, by... do Bears-Packers. Bears-Packers. And the Bears throttle them. They win 28-6. to six. And they were favored by three. You get bonus points or bonus money, extra money added on. <clears throat> now, you can opt into that or the other way. You make a bad pick. Your pick, not only do they not cover, but they got throttled by three touchdowns. Well, then it's going to cost you even more money. So, so but you have to opt in for yes, that, right? Yes, absolutely. So and that, you have to have that money in your account, obviously, because yep. it's interesting. Yeah. So a different way of doing it, and 
if you make a really good pick and they eat, win easily, get more. Yeah. You make a really bad pick, you lose more. Now, hasn't Point, Point Bets been the company in New Jersey that has seemingly cost themselves a whole lot of money, but they've, it's been a great marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that give you their money back if you've had... And there's been there's always bad beats, yes, right? There's yeah. always bad beats. A perfect example, Iowa State-Oklahoma Big Monday, as I came in here fired up on a shot that shouldn't have counted. Right. And inside the sports wagering world, it was a big story. Absolutely huge. And they go and they say... Because it covered. Didn't mean anything for the game, right. but for the... And if you were on the bad end of that one, they have been known to... Refund your bet. Here's your money back. Isn't that something? It's Will that happen in Iowa? Will there be, will William Hill or will one of the sports wager, at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. try and make it so, yeah, it's going to cost them money, but you know what? This is money we would have spent advertising. It's good PR. It's great PR. It, it is. And those become national stories. You think of New Jersey when Darren that Darren Ravel. Happened? I mean, his yes. whole Twitter feed is that. You're right, right. And now and he's him working- running slowly. For the jeez, oh the Action Network, and now it's even more gambling out of Ravel as he's working over there. It you see it on ESPN Chalk. It'll be the same thing here. So if there's a bad beat, and it doesn't have to involve Iowa, Iowa State, but just a bad beat in general, this is a way to create headlines. And like you said, it's free advertising. It's free because I know you and I will be talking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure every other show here on KXNO will be talking about it too. Mm-hmm. And then you get the ESPNs and the Action Network and the other places out there and. Gambling hey, cost of doing business. Trent maybe Condon. that's not a bad place to place a wager. And, and they're in Burlington, and that's yeah. the Catfish Bend, right? Yes, Catfish Bend, just a little over an hour south of Iowa City is where Burlington is. So, thinking, you know, make my trip to Iowa City, <laughs> have options on different casinos across the state. Assuming the governor signs the legislation into law, and she has not indicated one way or another as of yet. Have you heard anything there? We we know the holdup, at, at least the, my thought process, and I think yours is the same. She wants to make, make it seem like that she's doing, that she's listening to the people that oppose yeah. expanded wagering in the state of Iowa. We're listening to your concerns instead of just rubber stamping it, which is going to happen. Yes, so it's just a, a waiting out process. Yep. How long does she have? Because it was no, the initial you're not three days. the wrong person about okay. this. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to make a call to Brian, Brian Rilko. Rilko. Yes. He would know. Uh, we will uh, take a timeout. Joe O'Donnell is going to join the program next. Must win game for your Iowa Wild. They win. They go on. They lose. Be a tough bus ride. Well, be a tough bus ride back either way. Mm. They need a little bit easier if they're advancing in a game five uh, winner take all loser goal. Right now, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword coin to 200 200 right now to enter to win a thousand dollars cash. WHO Radio had a winner, by the way. Let's oh, nice. go. Yes, they did. Let's make KXNO. Absolutely. Now a That's what we're rooting for. Again, coin. 200, 200, standard message and data rate supply. Back with the voice of the Wildies next, Ben. Kurt Chival, Trent, and I will dot I's and cross T's with the NFL Draft Weekend. By the way, tomorrow we're going to get into the locals. Good, thought it good. was going to squeeze too much into a Monday. Yep. Wanted to focus on Iowa and Iowa State with Dylan and Doc, so we'll do the four, air quote, local NFL teams tomorrow. But right now, right now we'll go to break. Come back with Joe O'Donnell, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Don't you love her badly? Don't you need her badly? Don't you love her way? 
Digging deep for that one, Trent Condon. Well done. <laughs> Boy, these guys were good. The Doors. Well, let's get to, uh, with a, uh, to Joe O'Donnell. I was going to thank Kevin Lehman for doing that coaches versus yes. cancer spot before I heard the Doors and lost my train of thought. Joe O'Donnell's the voice of the Iowa Wild. It's Game 5, do or die tonight. Had an opportunity on Friday. They kept coming back and coming back and dropped a 5-4 decision uh, in overtime in Milwaukee. Joe, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? What's up, fellas? I'm doing great. Well, what you doing in uh, Milwaukee for the weekend? I'm sure that you rather would have get this one out of the way and either move on or pack it up for the year, but uh, had a lot of time to kill, Joe. Certainly did. Sort of woke up this morning going, what are we still doing here? Yeah. But uh, hopefully the players don't feel that way. They want to win and move on. And uh, look, it's playoff hockey. You go to overtime in game four, anything can happen. Bad bounce, puck gets tipped yep. off the draw on that slap shot. And that's basically, uh, you know, do or die, sort of sudden death overtime in a nutshell. You know, there's pretty good fight in that game, Joe. Maybe there was more, but yeah. the one I saw, Belpedo, uh boy, that was a good scrap. Yeah, we've had some good uh, physical play throughout the series. There have been uh, a couple of fights, one in Wells Fargo Arena, one in Milwaukee. And again, you know, you got to give the Admirals credit. They were down and out after two games in Des Moines, but they've put together two good games here in their building. The Wild played really well in game four. Uh, Andrew Hammond wasn't at his best, and I'd expect him to be much better tonight, and I think the full team and the organization has confidence in him to be better. Joe, after the 2 nothing lead in the series and just the dominating performance that they had on the home ice, now this long layoff and a chance to stew and think about a Game 5. Now, how difficult do you think it's been for these guys to have to sit in the hotel room over the last couple of days? They get out in the ice. Sure, they're watching some Stanley Cup playoffs, but now how debilitating is this just sitting and waiting for a couple extra days on the road? Well, they had to deal with the snow on Saturday, and <laughs> so that wasn't expected. Uh, yesterday was a practice day. Saturday was a complete day off. Um, had the sort of a recovery room in the hotel for him last couple days with the massage therapist and um, our strength and conditioning coach. So the guys have had a chance to certainly relax and hopefully get their bodies right. I'm hoping that, again, like we saw the end of the regular season into the start of the playoffs, any time off for Milwaukee cooled them down a bit Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering if the extra couple days hurts the admirals because they are probably the team with more confidence and momentum right now uh joe donald's the voice of the wild joe how are they or um how is milwaukee taking the big line uh out of these games uh, since the scene has shifted to milwaukee is it are they getting a matchup that they like better of course they've got last change being the home team how have they at least limited the big line well, at least throughout Game 3, um, as Game 3 moved along on Thursday, Tim Army broke up that line. And I think it wasn't so much what Milwaukee was doing. He just didn't like what he saw. So Game 4 had a little different look, Kenny, and I expect the same tonight, Game 5, where you're going to see Matt Reed with Luke Cunnan and Ryan Donato, mm-hmm. and then Jordan Greenway with uh, Colton Beck and Kyle Rowell. Um, Jordan Greenway has not had a great series. Um, that's... Sort of my opinion, sort of you look at the numbers. He was the player that lost the faceoff. It ended up in the back of Iowa's net to win game four for the Admirals. And again, you know, you lose a draw, it happens. So I'm not trying to pin it completely on him, but I think everybody in the organization knows there's more from him. He's nearing 90 games played this season. Mm-hmm. That has to be certainly a factor for 
a 22-year-old kid that's never played even close to this in his career before. But I'd like to see him be a difference maker. He can dominate at this level, physically, strength-wise. He had an assist in Game 4. Again, he hasn't been completely held off the score sheet. But I would like to see the Jordan Greenway that takes over tonight's Game 5. Cunning and Donato have been really good. But, again, I think there's some of these younger guys that are Minnesota prospects that can be real difference makers tonight with their skill and, and just their overall talent level. All right, Joe, so uh, I'll look forward after they get it done tonight. The Wild get it done. They win game five. What's next? Is it a return trip home? I think we go to a seven-game series, so what's set up next if they get the win tonight? Iowa wins tonight. It's on the bus to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> the Wolves won uh, yesterday in game five over Grand Rapids, so the Wolves would have home ice advantage over whoever emerges tonight, Iowa or Milwaukee. So uh, either way, getting on the bus post game, hoping that the – playoffs continue rather than heading back to Des Moines. So when would that start, Joe? That would start Wednesday. Wednesday. And I don't know that that's been released yet, but uh, mm-hmm. that's what I know. So Wednesday at All-State Arena would be the Wild and the Wolves. And then uh, Game 2 would be in Chicago as well. And then Games 3, 4, and 5 would go to Des Moines. Alright, so Joe, you've been cooped up in the hotel here for the last four days. I'm sure it hasn't been completely just breaking down this series have you been able to get a little stanley cup playoffs in you what have you seen here over yeah. the last few days i watched uh, a little bit sort of the end of the last couple games were on yesterday uh saturday who did i catch it's all blended together well some i did for- watch some saturday some former wild players joe both having huge uh, yes. impact charlie Coyle and nino nina rider trent yeah. your guy yes uh, both of those former wild players joe making impacts with their new clubs yeah, they both had overtime winners yep. uh, in the last couple of days. And, you know, that will endear you to a fan base real quick, yeah. you know. So good to see for Charlie and Nino to, to get it done in those big stages. I just – the amount of parity we've seen in the NHL is just insane. Like, not only did those top teams lose in the first round, but now you're seeing some of these matchups in round two, and they're one-goal games, they're 1-1 series ties. Overtime. You know, the NBA would be dying for that. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I think there was seven straight days where a game went to overtime in the NHL, which <laughs> is, you know, nothing short or remarkable. All right, Joe, so what needs to happen tonight? And by the way, how have the crowds been in Milwaukee? Are they into this? And, and if so, I mean, an early goal would certainly take them, uh, take them out of it, at least you would assume. Yeah, it, game four was one of those games where the crowd was sort of with everybody else, which is they knew what was at stake. So as the Wild kept responding and tying the game after falling behind three different times, and then the third period's winding down, and you get the overtime, the crowd sort of had that sense that they were on edge. They weren't exactly loud. But they were good in numbers both games. I give them credit here in Milwaukee. Um, I'm assuming for a do-or-die game tonight, their hard-four fans will be here again. And I think the biggest thing for the Wild, Kenny, you know, in Game 5 is a good start. You know, mm-hmm. the team that scored first has won all four games. Uh, I'd like to see Hammond get off personally to a good start. No early goals against. The more the Wild can sort of stem the tide, slow down Milwaukee's momentum for winning the last two games, I think the better. So if it is, and you do advance, Chicago likely Wednesday, Friday, maybe back home Sunday afternoon for Game 3 would be maybe best case, best guess? From what I've seen, it would be Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. 
Okay. And then a little bit of a delay and a layoff. I don't know what's going on at Wells Fargo Arena, but I don't think the home portion of that series would start for a few days. Good stuff, Joe O'Donnell. We're uh, certainly rooting for that uh, home portion to materialize. Game five tonight. You can hear the game right here. Puck drop is at seven. You'll be on the air what time, Joe? 6.45. we got three different watch parties you can go to. Buzzer Billy's or two Buffalo Wild Wings locations, Jordan Creek or Merle Hay Road. So they'll have the actual video of the game, right? Yep. They'll have the, the stream audio from KXNO and the video yep. from the video board feed here in Milwaukee. Uh, so Buffalo Wild Wings on Merle Hay and in West Des Where Where's the buzzer? Uh, what was the other one? Buzzer Billy's, did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, buzzer Billy's downtown. Gotcha. Yep. Good stuff. Joe, thank you. Uh, best of luck tonight Thanks, for guys. the team that you call. Thank you, bud. Good to talk to you. Yeah, appreciate it. Yep, Joe Donald, voice of the Iowa Wild. So maybe get some people out tonight. 7 yeah. o'clock. A lot of hardcore Wild fans. Believe it or not, they've, they've done a... They built a nice fan base. Over yes, there. they have. And looking at the attendance numbers in Milwaukee, they had like twenty eight hundred in the building for Friday night. Game four, twenty eight thirty five. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it just yeah, that's it's and Milwaukee. The, the Brewers bigger... are on the road, right? They were yeah. in they were in New York for the weekend, right. taking on the Mets. Yes. Um, the no, Celtics no. didn't play Milwaukee till yesterday, game right. one. What yeah. else are you doing in Milwaukee? Great point. Drinking. No, well, yeah, and they also did have a snowfall. Yeah, so they got the same snow Chicago did, is what yes. I'm assuming. And Minneapolis and North Iowa. My oh, parents wow. drove through that Saturday morning. So they got it too? Here. Yes, wow. yes. They got clubbed up there. Ah, it's April. That, that that difference, Highway 20. It's a cutoff, isn't it? It, it The breakdown mm-hmm. for my family in North Iowa compared to here, Wayne's a really good place I, to live in terms of I weather and com- comparison. I've said the same thing since I moved here in 89. It became very apparent. Past Highway 20, you never know what you're getting. So... Uh, I don't know if you know the name P.K. O'Hanley. No. Long-time hockey coach. He was the hockey coach for the Waterloo Blackhawks for a number of years in the USHL. Okay. Back when I was growing up, he was the coach of the North Iowa Huskies out of Mason City. He is a Canadian. He has lived all across the upper Midwest. Mm -hmm. And he told me one time on a radio interview way back in the day, worst place he has ever lived, Mason City, Iowa. No, he's not from Manitoba then. (laughs) (laughs) North Iowa, the winds. You think you're far enough south that you're going to be okay, and you're just not okay. Mason City was at the bottom of his list. Yeah, I'd love to know where he grew up. Yeah. Because I think he's telling a little bit of a fib. <laughs> yeah, drinking beer and eat bratwurst. That's the things to do in Milwaukee. Not Just bad. Got that Not text. bad, right? Indeed. Uh, ben Kirchival next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. Oh. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Final segment on a Monday, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ben Kirchival covers college football and did the AAF at CBSSports.com. We join, he joins us. We bring him in here, take a look back at the weekend. Ben Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Ben Kirchival. How are you? I'm great, guys. Thank you. Uh, ben, the quarterbacks, the big four going into it, uh, Kyler Murray, Haskins, uh, Luck, uh, and obviously Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones going second. As much college football as, as you watched in, either in person or you know, getting ready to do your stuff at CBSSports.com, uh, was there any time during last year that you thought, boy, Daniel Jones is going to make a team and he's going to go very early in this draft? He may well end up being a really good player, but really surprising where how far he came prior to Thursday night. So, uh, to answer your question in short, no. Uh, never imagined that he would be sixth overall. Now, typically, general rule of thumb is, is 
about every year because there's so much thirst for, for quarterbacks um, in the draft. And, and I didn't think this is a particularly good quarterback draft class. I, I, I'm certainly not alone in that opinion, and I, I'm not even a draft guru. But every year there's usually one guy who, based on you know measurables, um, you know, a couple other maybe circumstances, it, it's like, well, you know, he could be a, a day one pick just because of, of his potential upside. And, and yeah, Daniel Jones is an athletic kid. He was coached by David Cutcliffe. Like, we, like we know all about that. But and he had um, you know some good years. I think you know he had an injury a couple years ago um, that kind of hampered him a little bit. But you know he had a, a good career. Like that, nothing that ever indicated to me that he was you know a, a day one type of guy. Now again, there's a separate discussion about whether he'll be a good NFL quarterback. But in terms of of the value that you can get for him coming out of college, uh, didn't necessarily think he was a day-one guy, certainly didn't think that, that he would be a high first-round pick. Um, I understand that you know, the, the philosophy behind taking him at six, if you had conviction about it and felt like, okay, you know, the, the Washington is two picks ahead or one or two picks ahead of us. We want to make sure that we have our guy because we have another first-round pick. Like, I understand the conviction behind it, but – if you really feel like he's your future um, past Eli Manning, but I, I really thought that was a reach at six. There was, there were, this was a very small elite class. Um, I mean, there were probably eight, nine, like really, really top end players. And I think you missed on an opportunity to, to get one of them. And, they, and a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball. Dwayne Haskins, a player that seems to go to a good fit, goes close to home in Washington. Alex Smith, the question remains, Will he ever get back on a football field after that devastating knee injury from a year ago? Your thoughts on Haskins, a guy that seems like there's a wide range of kind of opinions about him and the kind of player he'll be at the next level. He was a tremendous deep ball for last year. I mean, his from a pure passer standpoint, uh, he was exceptional. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, Will Greer and Drew Locke were the only other guys that I felt really threw the deep ball as well into tighter windows um, as, as Haskins. Now, you know, Kyler had a great arm and, you know, was obviously an exceptional talent. But to me, I thought Haskins was my, was my favorite deep ball thrower last year. Um, obviously not a lot of mobility, which I don't know. Some people will tell you that in today's NFL, you need to at least be able to have pocket mobility. And I, I think Haskins has enough of that. But from a guy who can stand in there, deliver strikes, uh, really knows how to, to command an offense. I mean, one of the things that Urban Meyer always really liked about him is that he was very good in, in pre-snap, um, kind of getting everything lined up as, as far as coverages go and, and flipping and doing things like that. So uh, I think he translates really well to the NFL. Um, and if he can, you know, make sure he's, he's getting the ball out quickly because he's just not going to outrun dudes, um, I think he can be really successful. I mean, I, he's pro- Kyler went first overall. But in this class, Haskins would probably be my QB1. Hmm, interesting. What about Will Greer? Lasted till the third round. We saw him here um, in, in Ames, and in, in, in Iowa State really never – it was one of his worst games, uh, certainly in his final year at West Virginia. They just took him completely out of it, and they, um, they, they punished him in that game. I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. I do. Were you surprised that, that Will Greer went all the way to the third round? Um. No, I, I, I wasn't, and, and you're right. He had, I mean, he had a bad game against Iowa State. And I think 
a lot of it actually has to do with, I, I think Iowa State had a great plan for West Virginia's wide receivers that day. Like, nobody could get open. And, and at the time, Greer was really holding on to the ball too long. That's kind of one of his weaknesses. I feel like sometimes he, he tries to make too much happen. Um, he's not the dude with the strongest arm. Um, he's not the biggest guy. But he's really, really smart. I mean, his intelligence is absolutely through the roof. And I think when you need a clutch throw, he'll give it to you. Day two, perfect spot for him. I think I would have been surprised if he had fallen day three. Um, I, I certainly think he's a good day two prospect. But when you start, sometimes it's just where you are in the draft and, and where the needs are. And when you start going through the teams that really traded down, loaded up on, on day two picks, not a lot of them really needed a quarterback. So you can go ahead and, and get, you know, guys who, who rank ahead of Greer and on the list or, you know, fill some positions of need or, you know, do something like that. And then at the end of, you know, the evening when he's still on the board, you go, okay, you know, we'll, we'll pick him up then. And, and I, you know, I heard just like, I think like a lot of people that, you know, Carolina was one of the teams that was, you know, really, really interested in him. They didn't have to trade up to get him. Um, and so I, they, they were able to nab him like right at the very end. Thought he, he was either going to be Carolina or the Patriots, and um, and they ended up getting him. I think at like pick 100 or something like that. So um, it was interesting that he went very close to, to falling to day three. But you know, I thought day two was was not right for him. And you know, that's a good situation for him. He doesn't have to play right away. Um, he can develop. I mean, it's his it's his hometown. Uh, I, I actually I like that pick. Maybe a little bit more than than others. You know, Ben, each and every year, as you, somebody that follows college football, there's guys that fall. You know, I remember Stephon Diggs watching him at Maryland, and how, how does this guy last? He's just, yeah. he's a football player. You, Desmond King here from our state, another one that jumps to mind. Does he have the measurables? Maybe not, but he's a good football player. Is there a guy or two that you saw going fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever it may have been, that you left scratching your head and you think is going to have that good NFL career? Well, I'll, I'll stick with the guy you, you all know very well. Game Butler. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he was probably – now, I, I understand college doesn't always translate to the NFL in, in terms of production, but, I mean, he was probably one of my two or three favorite wideouts from last year. Um, just the, the big, big guy going to go up, get the, the hard balls. You know, obviously everyone knows about his one-handed catch in the Alamo ball. The, the dude is just a dog. And, he's, and, you know, for – and you would hopefully get this out of a big wideout. He like he got a nasty streak, right? I mean, he's just he's just a mean guy, and I mean that in a, as a compliment. He's a mean guy out on the field, and um, I, I know there are questions about his speed, and, and you're you're not going to get a burner on a guy his size, and and I know that that the, the drop balls are a little bit of a question for him, but uh, I think the Cardinals picked him up. I think in the first uh, first pick of the fourth round, they got a really good guy in in terms of getting red zone balls third down balls um i don't know that he will ever be the dude um hmm. for a football team but i i think he can be a 10-year guy in this league i mean he's just he's just really a tough matchup and it was it was good to see him go at least early in day three because i i thought he could have been a two pick Hmm. Uh, moving forward, and I do want to get a question uh, in on the AAF here, Ben, before we let you go. Uh, is this year, I guess, you know, f- fast forward 365 days or whenever it falls next year, is it all going to be about Tua? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, the thirst for quarterback is, is real. And he's, look, he's a, he's a tremendous player. And um, he's, I mean, he's, I, unless someone really comes out of nowhere, I mean, he's, I think he's going to be far and away 
the best athlete who who also plays quarterback. And um, and look, he's he's earned the right to have that type of pipe. I mean, he, he's got a great arm, showed tremendous growth as a passer this past season. Plateaued off a little bit, I think, at the end of the year. But um, I mean, he's he's a hell of a player. I, it, but I tell you what, for as as hyped as everyone's going to be for two next year, I think for for. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in two years mm, is going to be is going to be Andrew Luck ish, yep. if not if not more. Yeah, you're a great great point. Uh, two questions on the AAF. I know he spent a lot of time covering for CBS Sports. So, what happened? And, and did it catch? It seemingly caught everybody off guard. And then I heard a really bad story about you know some of these guys had to find their own way home, didn't get them plane tickets. But maybe worse than that. And maybe you can, hopefully you can clear some of this up for us. The medical stuff. The guys that were injured. The the aftercare for those injuries is on them to pay for. Is that true, Ben? No, uh, good. It, it should it shouldn't be true. Um, so, oh man, there there are like five questions in there. I'm gonna try to dissect this best I can in, in a short amount of time. So, the one thing that I can say is that the AAF, like every other league, had an exit strategy plan, and and that is for. Under normal circumstances, when the season ends, you have, you know, literature that says, here's how, you know, people find their own way home. If you had an injury, here's how you deal with workers' compensation. I mean, every single league has that. You, you don't just disband, right? Everyone has a sort of protocol for, for what's supposed to be performed. And this was written up at some point in the season before everything ended. It was not in response to anything in the future. It was just, this is what we need to have in place. And... So for players, in terms of them finding their own way home, first of all, that's standard operating procedure for a lot of leagues. Um, I did talk to one player who said they got like a $900 roster bonus maybe in the week or so before everything uh, shut down. And at their last like exit meeting, um, players were told, hey, you got this $900 bonus. You can use that to travel home. Um, as far as the medical expenses go, um, they should still be able to be able to work with workers' comp on that. Um, so I think they, that part of it, they should not have to deal with. I talked to another player who said, yeah, I had a $1,200, um, MRI bill that came in the mail a couple of weeks ago. He reached out to their football ops uh, person about it and said, as far as I know, it was taken care of. So all, all, I think what happens is players are very emotional and when things end very suddenly, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you get, you know, a bill in the mail that you shouldn't have received. Uh, same thing happened with hotels. Like when you should not receive those bills, you know, they take the social media and, and understandably so. I mean, they're justifiably angry. I totally understand that. But a lot of times in these instances, uh, those bills should be taken care of. So that I, that part of it is a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, as far as, you know, how this whole thing ended and, and what happened, um, I think really what it comes down to is, is, is money, um, you know, who wanted to spend, uh, you know, that money, Tom Dundon, um, you know, what did he feel like he was going to get in return? I don't think he was on the same page as, as Eversol and Polian. Um, they had another investor before him, um, uh, Reggie Fowler, who, who wasn't able to come through with the capital. And, and that's a whole other issue in and of itself. Uh, who was doing, you know, every, Charlie told me, he goes, yeah, I know we had banks vetting all of this. I'm like, okay, well, someone's not doing a good enough job if that's the case, or, you know, someone's committing securities fraud. I mean, there's some high-level stuff associated with this, but the the best that I can try to dumb it down is that this was an LLC, right? This was a business. Businesses go under every single day. 
for reasons a lot of times that aren't too dissimilar for what happened with the AAF at a very high at, at the highest level of the organization, it just doesn't happen as spectacularly and publicly in a sports arena that everyone's watching. All right, last thing for you, Ben. Your expertise is college football. Looking forward, bring out your crystal ball. What's going to get us through this summer? We're not, it doesn't feel like we're going to have any expansion talk or anything along those. Is it Nick Saban and his surgery? Is is that our summer storyline? He, he was he was back at work like 24 hours <laughs> later. I mean, the guy's not even human. He's a robot. So, you know what, I, I so every year we always think we're going to get through the offseason without some kind of major like injury or you know someone getting into trouble or like whatever it is and sometimes it's a player with those situations sometimes it's a coach like you get the urban meyer thing last year there's every year and it's usually sometime in the middle of summer there's always something that happens um i can't go that far in my career i'll tell you what it is i'm just telling you we always think it's going to be really slow and then all of a sudden it's it's not so it it'll it'll come you just have to sort of have to be patient for it. It's sort of sort of pretty consistent in that regard. Ben Kirchival, CBSSports.com. Ben, thank you for coming on. Appreciate talking to you. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you, Ben Kirchival. Uh, as he joins us, we uh, dot I's and cross T's on the draft. Uh, a portion of the program, of course, brought to us by our friends at FullerDental.net. I always tell you about, uh, appreciate businesses that stand the test of time. Uh, first opened their doors in 1963. Now it's a different group of Fullers. Yes, yes. <laughs> Doc Fuller's father opened it, passed it on, and, uh, and Doc Fuller's niece is now a student in the dentistry program. Uh, Kelsey at, uh, at the University of Iowa, so it's going to stay in the family, but two locations, uh, Fuller Family Dental, they, are on 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona, 410 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona, and 28 East 29th Street in Des Moines. All right, Trent Con, a couple of NBA games tonight. Mm-hmm. The Denver game is late. How well, are 9.30, so not late, late, but... I told you, I've given a few futures here. Yeah. Series price, I don't understand how Portland's not favored. They're not, Well, because with the home court advantage, yeah. maybe, but I'm with you. I think Denver's Portland's stunk. better. I, they mm, give me Portland plus yeah, one twenty-five. Rolled, I agree with you. Uh, do the Raptors go up two nothing tonight? I think we're going to see a better game than what we saw. Well, Jimmy Bucket's got it. I mean, he, yes, he, he, it's another unlikable NBA player. Yes, Why are there is. so many unlikable NBA players? I don't know, but fair Pl- point. Player Seems... empowerment era. I mean, Kyrie. So of the of the four, if you want to throw hockey in there, okay. Are, are there more? And I do. Um, the four major sports. Are there more unlikable? Well, it's got to be per, I, mean, per I don't know any right? hockey players hardly so. <laughs> it's hard to find one that they're so they're so easy to talk to. Yeah, who's in the NFL that's unlikable? Unlikable players. Some people might consider like an Antonio Brown. Yeah, Burfitt maybe. Yeah, well, he's just a bad dude. He's just a bad dude, yeah. There's a few of the prima in the Major League Baseball, is there? I mean, A-Rod's no longer playing. Right, baseball. The steroid era, we got the... People the, don't like bat flips. Some people don't. No, I don't mind them at all. Tim Anderson, he flipped his bat. Yeah, I saw that. Speaking of baseball, I uh, tweeted out on Friday afternoon, batting practice of your boy, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Wasn't that something? So how much did you watch your Blue Jays? A lot. Did you? Yeah. 
Made sure every time he was coming up that not you were... yesterday, but the, the first, first two. two games. Yeah, the first two games. Was I figured three o'clock much. Saturday, and I think it was six o'clock on Friday. Couple hits though to get things going. He had a double, but no home run. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the pops was in a uh, in a suite. I don't know where Saw he was. That. I've always put on weight. He's a big dude. He is a big dude. Boy, he was a good player, wasn't he? My God, he was fun to watch. One of my favorites. Just Yeah, me too. You could throw it at his neck, he'd be swinging. Yep. Throw it at his ankles, he'd be swinging. Did he go into the hall as an angel? I believe so, yes. That's, that's, right that's when you said right. that. That's not right. The Expo? Yeah, he is. Yes. He began his career there. That's where everybody got to. Well, not everybody, because he was in Montreal. <laughs> right. Became a, eh, I'll get that. He became more of a national brand when he got to the American League and to the Angels. But, boy, he was good. I hope his kid's um, close to being as good. Murph and Andy today at 2. Of course, the Fanatics are in at 4. Do you have a play tonight? I told you series price. I'm jumping on that. You're and, taking uh, Portland over Denver? Taking Portland in the series. Going to play Verlander tonight. Over your Twinkies. You got a feeling of the hockey. I'm leaning blues. Games in Dallas. It is. I hope it's a good game. It's the only game of the night. I think it's going to be a good one. I think you're right. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about that, and we'll recap the locals NFL teams draft weekend. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.